When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast Championship Week. See, I didn't know. i got to be honest with you. I didn't know if there was even going to be a press conference. For some reason, I I guess I thought the the Big 12 Championship game was like two weeks away or something. I didn't know (laughs) if this was going to be like a normal game week or exactly what would happen. But, uh uh-oh, Chad McKee's lost something. What are you looking for? Are you okay? He's got a cracker and a fork. Oh, okay. Oh, the rem- the remnants remnants of the dessert that I brought over that Toby couldn't eat. I know. No one said it was. Yeah. Uh, Enjoy your crackers. Look at Chad McKee all ripped up. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't know. I don't know why I had it in my mind that there would be something different about huh. this. I don't know where that came from. Sounds like a personal problem. Yeah. What's wrong with me? But We haven't done this in a long time. We haven't had a championship game in seven years or six years, whatever it's been. So we don't, it's, I don't blame you for not knowing exactly how it works. 2010. You know we're playing Saturday, right? We're playing Saturday. I'm <laughs> good there. It just it was one of those weeks to where whenever I asked Mike Halk after the game, and I was like, are we doing a presser on Monday? He kind of looked at me weird, and he goes, yeah. I'm like, okay, player's going to be there because that's right. – my heels. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Are we doing one next Monday? <laughs> then therein lies the question. Okay. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that one. I don't know. This might be our last. I'm guessing yes, because there's going to be a, there's got to be a reaction at some point to right? the bowl game draws. Can we talk about our shows that we have? Please. Yeah. Okay, Friday night, 
We'll get into everything from the press conference coming up. In a, uh, welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast. Thanks to everyone. Make sure I get all these kudos out of the way. Chad McKee walks through. He's Chris Blank. I'm Toby Rowland. We yeah. got it all taken care of here. But on Friday night, you, Teddy, and myself will be on the OU Radio Network. And as I've come to understand the Facebook Live from 6 to 7. I hope you know how that works because I don't have any idea how, how to do that. So are you going to run the Facebook Live thing or – Let's see. We are taping this as of one eighteen, one eighteen on Monday afternoon. And um, I don't know exactly what I'm doing at all. I have volunteered. I have volunteered to Brandon Meyer to say, hey, if you need me to set up the camera, we got three of us there. It'll be all good. Let's uh, let's do it. Uh, I'll I'll do it. So I volunteered that. But we'll be there on Friday. And then there's a tentative schedule for a potential Sunday. Show so we'll kind of yeah. we'll put that in I the don't queue think it's for tentative. now. I think oh, it's it not. I think it's happening. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. A reaction show to the college football playoff uh, release, which will be Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's going to be a fun week. And looking back on Saturday, what a fun game! I think, I think you said it best at the end of the first half. You could take that, send it to the Smithsonian. <laughs> That was something special. I don't know that I've seen a better half of I don't know that you could play a better half of football. If if you score every time you touch the ball on offense, how can you do any better than that? And they were six for six uh, on possessions and touchdowns in the first half, and then TCU gave them the gift there with four seconds left, and Austin Seibert drilled the 51 yard field goal. And it was just, it was a masterpiece. That first half was a work of art offensively. And Kyler Murray started it. Baker was brilliant. Rodney Anderson was amazing. Four more first-half touchdowns. And then you kind of had Austin Seibert come in and put the cherry on top. So right. We've seen that a few times this year. We saw it against TCU in the first half. We saw it against Oklahoma State in the first half. Offensively, I'm talking about where they have just come in and, and lit the place on fire in the first 30 minutes. And uh, it was too much for West Virginia to handle the other night. So hopefully they've got three more of those in them. From, uh, from the perspective of what I saw, as I saw a team again that was, I hate to use the word teased, but they were prodded. They were goaded a little bit. There were some cheap shots taken. Uh, and and obviously at one point a guy snapped, and upon further review for Drew Samia, you can understand why, but I don't know. It almost seems as if some of the game plan has been, boy, we gotta we can get under these guys' skins a little bit, but it doesn't work. I mean, it might it might get a couple of guys riled up. It might lead to something that you know could get a guy potentially ejected or a fifteen yard penalty. But Toby, it seems like this team is playing so much better with this edge right now. You think that's a tough line for Lincoln Riley to walk? Um, yeah, they need to knock off the penalties. Uh, it's not just, uh, you know, personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conducts. There was some, a couple of back-to-back hands to the faces the other night, and uh, they've got too many penalties going right now, so they got to control themselves better. But the strategy or the thought process of, quote-unquote, you can get under OU skin – which mm-hmm. has been a popular thing to say here the last couple of weeks with Kansas not shaking hands and, you know, the middle of that game against West Virginia the other night, uh, seems to me to be a flawed strategy. All it seems to do is fire up 
Baker Mayfield and an Oklahoma team that you're giving them motivation. If you're going to fight Mike Tyson. <laughs> I love this analogy. <laughs> I don't think at the, you know, when you touch gloves or in the press conference beforehand, you want to tell him he's ugly and call him a bunch of names or, you know what I mean? Inc- poke him. Right. You don't want to prod the bear. I don't think you want to make him matter. He's Mike Tyson. So this idea that the proper way to try to beat Oklahoma is to uh, motivate them and poke them and get under their skin, it hasn't worked. Oklahoma was as good as you can possibly be on offense the other night. So, listen, I'm not if TCU wants to try it or if Miami or, or Clemson or Alabama or somebody else out there, more power to you. I'm just saying it seems to be a flawed strategy. I think I would start. If I were trying to be Oklahoma, I think I would start by telling Baker Mayfield at the coin flip what a what a handsome man he is. You are a great person, and Baker. I'm amazed by how well you're doing, and I'd help him up after every tackle, <laughs> and I'd run down the sidelines and tell him the uniforms look nice tonight. Ugh. I would not try to make them angry because Oklahoma plays better football when they're angry. Now, they got to control their – I get it. You no, know, the flags are too much, all that kind of stuff. But oof, I, it's not working. Nine penalties for 102. I didn't realize that until I just wanted to double-check it, and I think it was a fairly significant number against Kansas the week before, too, was it not? I guess I – so nine last week, and, or on Saturday, I guess I should say, and then the week before against – I'm setting myself up for it to be like two. No, eight. So you've had 17 penalties the last two weeks for almost 200 yards. So obviously you're right. That's something that they need to clean up. But I can remember – I'll never forget. A lot of 15-yarders, too. Yeah. I'll never forget. I don't know why I felt the need to point. Like, I'm going to make some salient point here. Uh, when I filled in for you on the Bob Stoops show, and it was right after that Baylor game in 15. And I'll ne- I was so proud of myself that I came up with this question, and I was I, I couldn't – it was going to be the second question I asked because right. I thought Bob would uh, – I thought it was a good trampoline. Yeah, good intentions. Yeah. And it didn't end badly. It just – the answer was so perfect. I was like, I've got nothing more on this. I said, Coach, that's a delicate line sometimes I would have to imagine to walk between being intense and uh, getting in trouble. You know, the, a, a difficult line from – really pushing the envelope and then pushing the envelope too far. And he goes, yeah, we walked pretty well, didn't we? And I was like, all right. <laughs> he kind of had a smile on his face. And I that, that's, I guess that's the challenge because now TCU is not a team that's suddenly going to take its foot off the gas at all either. That's an intense football team too. No, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a very physical football game on Saturday. And and you do not want your guys to dial back their intensity nope. at all. Uh, especially that offensive line, that is what makes them great. Uh, play with an edge is a popular thing to say lately, but bring intensity into the football game. On occasions, that results in a penalty. Yep. Um, and that's acceptable. I mean, you know, to some extent, that's going to happen. Uh, a penalty from intensity for a coach is much better than not knowing the snap count or jumping off sides and giving them a free play. Or, you know, laziness is the other side of that. So, but you've got to limit it to some extent. You can't be going to have a nine for 108 or whatever that was, eight, nine penalties uh, a half. So they've got to compose themselves to some extent, especially when it gets 
heated and at the same time not lose the intensity that they bring into a game. Tough challenge. Yeah, it is. It really is. It is. And I think Ted put it best. You've had a few guys that have been running hot, and Drew Samia was one of them. Yep. And he came close last week against Kansas, and it finally bubbled over this week. But Right, but he's also playing his best football of his a- career. Amen. Amen. So you, what do you, you do? You can't <laughs> afford for him to get kicked out of a game. Right. I mean, that's too far. That's the, that's the too far line. But at the same time, you want him to play with anger, and you want him to play with intensity – because that's why he's in the starting lineup right now and and playing so well. You know the one thing I didn't point out, by the way, just on a quick little side note here from football? See Billy Tubbs snuck into the Lincoln Rally press? I did, yeah. I saw the picture of that. Yeah. Was, that's cool. I was sitting back in. I'm like, that's Billy Tubbs. Kind of sat around and started sharing stories. Do you think he would have fun with Trey Young in oh, his lineup? Oh, my gosh. This whole team, he would he would <laughs> score 100 points a game. This is very uh, Tubbsian. Oh, man. All right, so Big 12 championship game. This will be our Second game as a crew inside Cowboy Stadium. Third for you, right? Because you had fourth. the fourth. Fourth. Oh, yeah, the, the last Big 12 championship. Very game. first game I called there was the BYU game. And then that uh, Nebraska Big 12 championship game. Wow. And then the Cotton Bowl against Johnny Football. What can we – and here's a question that has kind of started to work in my mind. Is it going to be a sellout on Saturday? That's a big old that, – that's – I would guess no. Okay. But I could be wrong. I mean, I know uh, students' t- tickets went well. Uh, did they? What's it? See, ninety. Oh, I think it's ninety. It if T- I Google Jerry World capacity, do you may- think it will give me a? Yeah, may maybe it will be. I mean, TCU I think gets, you know, fifty thousand fans or so to right. a, a home game. Not all of them will come over, but they'll have a really nice contingent. I would sure. guess thirty uh, or forty thousand TCU fans. Hundred thousand. It's going to be tough. I don't think they're getting to 100,000. That might be with, like, overflow areas and everything. I don't know if there's 100,000 seats in there. I will say this, though. I think there's – my. I guess my point in bringing it up is I think there's going to be a strong contingent of Sooner fans. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, be a huge. big crowd. Uh, OU fans in the Dallas area will turn out, in, in Central Texas will turn out, not to mention everybody, of course, that's going to drive down for the game. Um, so, it, of the championship games – you know, it'll have a really nice atmosphere. I'm trying to think of who else is playing. I bet they'll all, they're all pretty important this year other than maybe USC-Stanford, and that isn't necessarily ruled out as being important yet either. So it'll be a fun atmosphere. What uh, what do you expect tonight? As we tape this on a Monday, the playoff rankings will come out. Uh, I believe they're back at their normal time at 6, and then, of course, the unique uniqueness of uh, kicking it all off before the NFL brought. You get on time, by the way? Perfect. Okay, good. Uh do you expect any surprises in the top four tonight? And I guess we can even say in the top six, if you will. Because no. I think I have this all figured out. And I know you don't necessarily agree with me. But I think I've kind of got this whole thing figured out. I could be wrong. I think I do agree with you. Um, I, I think the top four tonight are pretty easy to pinpoint. I think it's going to be Clemson, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Auburn. And I, I don't know if Wisconsin's before or after Auburn, but I think Clemson will be one, Oklahoma two, and then some order those last two. And then go ahead. You said you've, you've, you've figured out how it's going to. So here's my theory. i got to make sure I get my notebook out for this yeah. one. This, is, uh, this was well thought out from the other night. Okay. Um, I think the winner of the ACC title game is in. Agree. And I think it's going to be Clemson. Boy, South Carolina's quarterback was, uh, he was not good. Uh, I think OU's in if they win. Mm-hmm. I think the winner of the SEC title game is in. Agree. I think 
that Wisconsin beating Ohio State puts them in. Yes. But I think if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, that slides Alabama in. But I think that's going to be a whale of a debate that will start at about, if this happens, what time? The Big Ten Championship game is in prime time. So that's at 7 o'clock. As soon as that thing gets over at 10, it will be 12 hours of nonstop. We might not sleep Saturday night uh, with the debate between Ohio State and Alabama fans if that plays out because it comes down to those two. I don't see a way that a USC can slide up there. I just don't. I think that's going to be the debate. And if we happen to tumble, then I think that would slide one of those other teams in rather easily. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, I – I firmly, I mean, this could be simple, right? Um, if Oklahoma and Wisconsin win, yeah, it's it's very easy. I think the four teams are. It's just a matter of getting them in the right order. Yeah, there's no debate. But under your scenario, if Ohio State beats Wisconsin, which they are favored to do, then the committee is in the unbelievably awkward position of choosing between two of the great powerhouses in college football history: a one-loss Alabama or a two-loss conference champion, Ohio State. And I think you're right. I think the choice there is Alabama. However, we got to see what Ohio State looks like if they look. And remember, that's how they got in three years ago is because they looked unbelievable in the conference championship game. So good that Baylor and TCU got knocked out. And so if Ohio State were to boat race Wisconsin, and JT Barrett is scintillating. And, uh, you know, the defense looks impenetrable. <laughs> and the committee hasn't seen Alabama in a week. I don't know. But probably it's Alabama. And I think it's going to come down to that Ohio State loss at Iowa in which they looked very ugly. They got blown out. And Alabama's loss is a good one. You know, it's a road loss to a team that might make the playoff. Um, Alabama doesn't have good wins. They don't. They just. They don't. LSU and Mississippi State are their best wins, and but they had good intentions with the Florida State game. You know, when they played Florida State, we thought they were going to be good. So, uh, what a what a fascinating position that would put the committee in if it came down to those two. But. And- as it pertains to Oklahoma, should be easy. Win and they're in, no drama. And the only question at that point is, are they the one or two seed? And I think that depends on how they look and whether or not Clemson wins. Yeah, and let's not forget, it was the first playoff rankings, well, not the first year of the playoff rankings, whenever we went into that final weekend thinking TCU's in. If, if they win, they're in. And lo let me and behold, specify Ohio this, State had a blowout. Specify this too. If you're if you're looking on down the road as to all right, where where could Oklahoma play if they yes, get in? Yes, please make this clear. Um, if OU's the one seed, and that's possible here, if OU gets to the one seed, say Clemson loses or just they don't look good, and OU does, maybe even tonight they'll be the one. That doesn't necessarily mean they go to New Orleans, even though New Orleans obviously is closer, much closer than Pasadena is. Because they wouldn't put the one seed at a disadvantage. If OU was matched up against Auburn or Alabama, I think that game would be in Pasadena. Because you wouldn't want to put, you know, obviously Alabama and Auburn are are closer to New Orleans than than Norman is. 
you wouldn't want to put the one seed at a in a disadvantage crowd-wise. So just because you're the one doesn't necessarily mean you're going to uh, New Orleans. Even if they played Georgia, perhaps, that would be an interesting decision mm-hmm. to be made there. Uh, Clemson, to some extent, puts them in an interesting spot, although Clemson's far enough away that I think they would play that game. I, I don't know how they'd be matched up. I don't know how – OU and Clemson could be matched up. But just a point of clarity there. If OU gets to the one, probably that means they play in New Orleans, but not a done deal. So, And I, clarify this, too. The school doesn't get the pick. I heard a talk show host laying it out. I think that the whole premise is that the committee will put you in a place that gives the one seed a home field advantage or doesn't put them at a disadvantage yeah, is the way that it was always described that they to don't me. put them at a disadvantage. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think I, – I think you're right. I probably should ask Joe about this. I've dug like crazy on it, to be honest. You may want to ask Joe C about it, too, to make sure. Yeah, that. I don't think the committee picks up the phone and says, hey, you're the one seed. Where would you rather play? I think they try to, as best they can, decipher that. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's Wisconsin – then there's no debate. You're right. going to New Orleans. Um, uh, who else could it possibly be? Uh, but all those teams in the South, especially Alabama and Auburn, I think that puts Oklahoma at a disadvantage. So, real quick, I'll let you go on this before we bring you the Lincoln Riley presser. I got a, an email today from the Heisman Trust. The ballots are out. All right. I think I've who cons- are you voting for? I've consistently said <laughs> – I am not allowed to tell you, okay. but I think everybody could kind of figure this one out. It's the same guy that I've had in in the top one of my ballot for the last two years. But um, it was interesting. I think I've consistently said they cut it out from two to one week. It was actually three weeks. They used to send them out three weeks. So we would have had them all ready for a week. And they, I don't want to say had a problem, but just saw a lot of people voting way too early. And so the trust cut it back from two uh, from three weeks to two weeks, which I appreciate and I think is a good call. But with that said, um, listen, there isn't much debate here, right? None. The only drama in the Heisman this year is whether it is the largest margin of victory in the history of the trophy. That's all the drama. (laughs) He wins the thing in a landslide. It will be uh, – the other drama is who else gets invited. Yes. Because somebody else has to be invited to this thing, I assume. Uh, I think there's a minimum of three. The, uh, oh, I didn't realize it. Do you know who the biggest winner of all time was? I do. I have seen this. Don't tell me. I can okay. pull it from my recollection. That, uh, I don't think Troy this. Br- Troy Smith. Troy Smith, 2006, is number two. Ah, Who is it then? Well, technically you would be right because the person who's number one never won the award. Reggie Bush? Reggie Bush, 91.7%. Of the votes, 2,541 points. Um, top five in that list, Reggie Bush, Troy Smith, Ricky Williams, Charlie Ward, and one. Well, give me the other contenders Cameron right now. Give me New- the other four or five names. Okay. <laughs> Carry on Johnson, Saquon Barkley, yeah. Bryce Love. Um, okay, so here's what's going to happen. <laughs> You're going to sit down to fill out your bracket, right. your, your ballot. And you're most likely going to put Baker Mayfield number one. But right. let's say you work near Happy Valley, and you really like Saquon Barkley, and so you put Saquon Barkley number one, but you're uh, but you got to put Baker number two. Mm-hmm. He's going to be one or two on every, every ballot, ballot unless you are, have been in a coma I, or you just don't like him. 
I, which which is an is a way to get exposure for yourself. I've said this before. There will be some. I'm willing to bet you there will be someone on an ESPN radio or or Fox Sports radio or who we've got so many radio networks now that will you'll hear as a guest and it's like ah oh, we welcome in so and so from the Tulsa Beacon. I'll give the Tulsa Beacon a shout out. I will not vote for Baker Mayfield because you know yeah. there's going to be someone who will use it Somebody will. as a way to promote themselves. Mm-hmm. I will say this much. I think Lamar Jackson's going to end up on my ballot. That's okay. a guy that's not talked There's about much. Name. But that's, I, I mean, to me, I pulled up the Heisman Watch and 12 voters for ESPN, they don't identify who because you're not supposed to say who you voted for, but 11 of them voted for Baker Mayfield won. The only other first place vote was Lamar Jackson. And I still who are the other names on there? Uh, Bryce Love, Lamar Jackson, Saquon Barkley, Khalil Tate. Yeah, Arizona. Uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, Rashad Penny, though Penny only received one third-place vote and three fifth-place votes, which is dumb. You vote for three. You don't vote for five. Why are you doing fifth-place votes? So your ballot has three lines. Yes, that's it. Okay, so my point is this. Baker's going on one of those lines, probably the top one on almost every ballot, except for the people that are dumb. (laughs) The other two lines, who knows? The other two lines are going to be scattered. Everywhere. So you're going to have one guy that's on every ballot and the rest of the guys are scattered about. I think it is going to be – I think he's going to break the record. I think it's going to be the largest margin of victory in in uh, Heisman history. I think that would be pretty cool. And the Heisman ceremony will take – it's kind of crazy if you think about it, if you compare the old school way they did it because you would have to – mail. oh, I almost broke my computer. You have to mail in ballots back in the day. Now it's computer. The, the deadline – I guess I could pull this up here. The magic of editing would make this not seem if I'm going to be lazy. The deadline for having your ballot submitted is, let's make sure I get the time. I think it's 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock on Monday, December 4th. They have the announcement of the top candidates on like the 6 o'clock sports center. (laughs) So you have not only that quick turnaround, but, I mean, you're going to know pretty quick. Who do you think the, who's going to be invited? Uh, I think it's going to be Baker. I think it's going to be Bryce Love, and I think it's going to be Lamar Jackson. No Saquon. Doesn't I don't even think, get an invite. I don't. Huh? I don't think Saquon's going to get an invite. I was. I, I just there's too many dips, and I think when he dipped, or he dove, Lamar Jackson dipped, dived, duck. I mean, I I think I Lamar. Jackson. I think because you got a guy, you got two guys in the middle of the country with Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield, and you got a guy on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I think there might be enough East Coast love to big, get Saquon there. Big Ten love to get Saquon there. Four guys invited, I say. I like it. All right, Toby, have a great week. Thank Did you, you get rested and rested? I'm and good. Re- good. I'm good. Yeah, I feel good. You're the man. Thanks All right, for worrying about me. Lincoln Riley is now. Uh, you know, exciting week for us for this program. Uh, certainly, you know, thrilled about getting the chance to to play in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, something that was, uh, you know, that's a, a big part of our early season goals, and uh, and to have a chance to to go down and do that this week in uh, in the Metroplex is is something our team is uh, obviously very very excited about. Um, you know, coming off a great win against West Virginia, again, just really really happy with the way we were able to send our seniors out. Uh, Thrilled about the the again the home crowd. I know I've said it a couple times publicly, but uh, the, the last three home games, I thought our, our home crowd really stepped up to the plate. And the atmosphere was really really good, and and uh, you know it made a big difference to our team. I can tell you, our players notice it, and and it helps. It makes a big difference. So certainly want to want to say thank you one more time to them. And 
uh, yeah, it was a you know very physical game. Um, you know, again, proud of the way that our guys fought um, and, and really handled a, a very good West Virginia team. Um, and you know now you get to these games here at the end where you know and every game's important, but now you know we've made these games very very important and. And it's time for us to play our best ball. And to do that, I know I've said it a lot, but we've, we've got to continue to improve. We've done that throughout the season. We, we've had a kind of a workmanlike attitude all year through all the ups. Um, hadn't been too many downs, but we've, we've handled those well too. And uh, so I think we're in a, in a great position. You know, we've got a, a big time challenge ahead of us, you know, with, with getting the opportunity to play TCU again and certainly realize the, the challenge that, that we're going to have there. Um, you know, they're. You could really go back and, and listen to the press conference a couple of weeks ago on them, and you're going to hear a lot of the same things. I mean, they're 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 a great football team, um, extremely well coached. They've played they've played very well here. Uh, you know, since our game a couple of weeks ago, you know, went up and, and won in Lubbock, which we all know that's not easy. Did that with their backup quarterback and some other guys missing time, you know, with injuries, and you know, still played you know extremely well. Um, uh, and then beat Baylor last week there uh, uh, to clinch a spot in this game as well. So, listen, it's it's two really good football teams going at it, just like it was a couple of weeks ago. None of the points, none none of you know none of anything that happened in that game carries over. And uh, this is a, a new game. Uh, it'll be a it'll be a, a different atmosphere. Two teams know each other well, um, and it should be a hell of a fight. What's the good and the bad of playing the same team three weeks later? Yeah, somebody asked me that this morning. I, I don't know that there's good and bad. I just think it is what it is more. And it's you, you know each other better. There's probably going to be less surprises. You you know, each, both teams are going to have a better feel for, for each other's personnel. Um, uh, you, you will have, you know, prepped for each team multiple weeks now. So, you know, I don't think there will be as many surprises. I mean, it's you still just got to you got to it comes down to winning your individual battles and, and playing great team football and uh, that's that's what it's going to take for for us to beat TCU that's what it'll take for TCU to beat us i mean it's uh it's it's two great teams going at it um, yeah i don't i whether it's good or bad i guess that's all in how you make it somebody told you at the beginning of the year that your team would be playing this efficiently going into the Big 12 championship game? Would you be pretty satisfied with how well you're going into the game? Um, again, it, for me, it's just it's just one game at a time. You know, we you know, we did some we did some good things here in the last few weeks on both sides of the ball. But, you know, none of that matters for this one. You know, it's you can go be all you want to be on whatever side of the ball. And then if you don't show up in, in a game like this, then then, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't carry over. So for us, it's just about being our very, very best this week, and we know you know that'll be a big challenge, and, and we're going to have to really go to work and really earn it. Gary's had a, a blueprint for what he does and the way he does it for a long time now. It's been successful. Uh, do you anticipate that because of the way things went three weeks ago for them, that they'll come out and have to make some changes? Or do you anticipate that he's going to do what Gary Patterson does? Uh, I don't know that I would sit up here and say what I anticipate. You know, it's, uh, you know, like any game, it's, you know, everybody's got their base things. Everybody has their, their wrinkles. Um, you know, everybody will have to make adjustments. That happened in the first game. That happens in every college football game. I'm sure this one won't be any different. Did he do anything differently in the second half? Gary has talked, I guess, to uh, 
broadcasters doing homework before games and has said that he's looking forward to playing because that they had shut you down in the second half. Did they do anything differently in that third quarter where they did slow you? Um, once again, I just there's there's some competitive things there that I'm just you know I'm not I'm not going to discuss. You know we we weren't real happy with how we played in the second half. But I'll leave it at that. As a, as a game planner though, how do you re- approach a rematch? See things that worked well against TCU. Is that something you naturally go back to, or do you say can't do that again because they'll they'll have a counter to that and just try to totally new game plan? And not not asking what your game plan is, but as a as a Thinking through it, how do you how do you balance those two extremes? Uh, that'll that'll be our challenge, you know. That that'll be our challenge, and you just you know I think that's each coach has just got to got to make that decision, you know, based on your team, based on what you what you saw on that tape, and you know what you think, uh, you know, will be best going forward. So uh, you know that's that's definitely a little bit more of a dynamic in this game. Uh, some decisions there we have to make that we're we're not used to making, you know, when you're obviously used to just playing each team, you know, once a season. Lincoln, regardless of, of game plan, politically correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> regardless of, of game plan and, and what Gary does, adjust defensively to adjust. I got to think that your confidence level, especially in your offense, is, is such that you don't feel it should matter. Is that? I mean, I, I that if you if you take care of your business, then you'll be, you'll be fine no matter what you see. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys are really really darn good on defense. I mean. I mean, they are, and uh, it's a it's a challenge. When we, you know, when we got on a run and scored some points here, you know, we played at a, you know, we, we did some things at a high level. We had some guys that made some outstanding individual plays. Uh, it was, but to sit there and think that it was easy or that it wasn't a challenge every snap is is just is just not right. It wasn't easy then. Uh, we had to earn everything that we did. I'm sure we went back and looked at it and said, hey, there's a lot of things we got to do better. I'm sure Coach Patterson did the same with his group. So it's it's going to be a battle. Um, I, I am very confident in our offense, but also, you know, I know how good these guys are defensively. They're tremendous. Rogers, this is your first time in this situation as a head coach. <coughs> what does it mean to you to have gotten to this point so early on in your career? Not much right now. You know, I'm just, just trying to do everything I can to, to help our team win this game. Um, it's... There'll, there'll be a lot on this season. I know I said it the other night. There'll be a lot, of, you know, about this season that when it's over, regardless of what happens here, you know, that that we'll be very, very proud of. Uh, but now's not the time for that. What uh, dimension has Rodney Anderson given your offense here this last month? Yeah, a lot of versatility. Um, you know, in a strange way. I, I said it to a couple of our coaches this morning, and we had to all kind of look at each other, but we all kind of agreed at, afterwards. You know it. In a strange way, he's actually maybe even more versatile than 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 Mixon was, um, be, because he does have. There's the element of power to his game that he's got, especially at a younger age, a little bit more than Joe had. They, you know, Joe was a little more fluid in some areas. You know, made some more, a few more maybe wild plays, um, but his versatility has been impressive. How well he's caught the ball, he's he's passed pro well, he's ran physical, he's popped some long plays running. I mean, he's. He's, you know, him being able to do all that, and then having the other guys uh, right there with him that have been very, very productive as well have uh, have really helped us. Did you put him in the class of the, the two guys you had last year? No, not yet, not yet. He's got, he's got a chance. We got several in that room though that got a chance to, as they grow, they've got a chance to be really special players. Hey Lincoln, what about all the personal fouls? Are people trying to provoke you to commit them? Yeah. 
Yeah, they are. Um, they are. You know, it's something that, that we've discussed, and it's again, it's a fine line. You know, it's a fine line. You know, you go, you can't go into these games soft and conservative, but we also, you know, we can't retaliate. You know, like, you know, like Drew did. Um, that, that that can't happen. You know, regardless of regardless of what happens, and there was a lot going on, but you. We got to be able to hold it together, but still also play on that edge because that edge is what makes us the team we are. Last week, last week we had a different conversation about Baker. You know, the national media was talking about what he had done on the sideline. This week, they're lauding him for his composure on the sideline. Different conversation. Yeah, I mean, he he honestly wasn't much different in the game to me than he than he normally has been it was just going to get a lot of attention just because there obviously were a lot of eyes on it after uh you know after the previous week so you know he's again it's it's not like this guy's gone and done something every single game of his career then all of a sudden against West Virginia he just went and changed and became became the Saints I mean you know it's you know he he had an isolated incident there at Kansas he learned from it he handled it uh, very well, like I said, and I think we've all moved on. Something going on, Lincoln. Friday we had a brawl, TCU Baylor. Yeah. You guys in West Virginia were getting into it. Lamar Jackson gets into a fight with Kentucky. In the NFL, we saw an all-out fist fight. Something going on to make this happen more more than in, in the past. I I I think it's something that I think we got to look at. I do. Um, you know, Joe and I had a conversation about this. Um, not won't reveal the details of it, but I do think that there's there is a we got to make sure that we're sending a strong enough message as far as the penalties um, to help reduce it. I mean, you know, look what they've done with targeting. You know, and I and again, there's as you guys know, there's plenty of that that I don't agree with, but this, the penalty is so severe. You don't see it happening very much as far as just an outright blatant intentional. I mean, I would I would venture to say, and this this is you know maybe off the top of my head a little bit, but I bet seventy five percent or more of the targeting calls this year are in some ways inadvertent. Um, there's not nearly as many malicious ones as you used to see because the penalty is so severe. You know, maybe you know I think we got to I think it's something we got to look at because it's not it's not good for the game. At the end of the day, playing on an edge, all the physicality is a one of the is one of the best things about football, but but you know, the the fights, all, you know, guys leaving the bench, you know, our guy taking a swing the other day, our guy did it too. You know, it's 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 definitely not good for the game. What, how much uh, emphasis will you put on Tuesday night's playoff uh, rankings? None. None. I mean, I. Uh, I'm confident where we're at with the team, our team. I'm confident that if, you know that if we you know are able to, to find a way to win this one, that, that that'll take care of itself. So we're just going to worry as much as we can about, you know, trying to beat TCU. Lincoln, this, guy, this game went away for whatever it was, six years. Right. Uh, now, I mean, if this was last year, you guys are ranked, going to be ranked after tomorrow, top two probably. And you're probably more than likely in, regardless of what happens next weekend on championship, you know, because of the way the Big 12 added the championship game. <coughs> Now you've got to go out and you've got to prove it one more time. You've got a 13th game to play. Does that feel different? Does it feel awkward? Does it, or, or is it just that's what we got to do? So we got to do it. Yeah, yeah. that's that's what we got to do. You know, I, if this if they were just telling us that all of a sudden this week, we probably wouldn't be real happy about it. But we we've we've known about this you know for a long time. We knew that it was going to come down to to a championship game, and 
you know, all the Big 12 work in the beginning was to, to help to put yourself in that position. And so now we are. And uh, so that's, it, it would be easy for me to sit there and say, look, it's, you know, it was dumb of us to add the, the championship game. We would already be in right now. That'd be easy for me to say last year we'd love to have had it, you know, because we were, we were one of those teams that were probably playing some of the best ball in the country right there at the end that would have loved the chance to get one more great win and maybe maybe sneak into the playoff. So, you know, it's going to be different every year. There's never a perfect answer. Um, and, you know, we just we got to worry about ourselves and, and trying to go play the best that we can. You've talked all year about how good Austin Cyber has been. Uh, there could be a time down the stretch here where you might need a long field goal. He hits a 51-yarder the other day. How much confidence does that give you? possibly do that in a big situation down the stretch. I've had a lot. I wouldn't say that him making the 51 yarder necessarily gave me any more. I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have kicked that one from 60 probably. I mean, I, that's my, my confidence level in him has been and still is uh, very, very high. So, Dio, when he came out, you put him forward. How did he play the rest of the way? And good. What's the status with the offensive line? Good. Now they played played good. You know, they're. That group, it's been uh, it's been a battle each week, you know, uh, having the, the depth that we have there and the quality players. So it'll it'll be a battle again next week, and you know we'll get the best five out there that we can. Lincoln, two years ago, you had to issue a statement saying you weren't interested in North Texas. Uh, given the climate of the coaching changes this week, how thankful are you that you're in the position now? Because it, if you weren't, it probably would be a pretty big distraction if not you were still offensive coordinator and not head coach now. Yeah, I, I don't know. A lot, a lot of yes. Um, I, I'm very thankful to be in the position I am. You know, I, I, of course, I, I love it here. And this is a this is a dream a dream job for me. And uh, so, yeah, I, I, it's nice not to have it, you know pay any attention to that. And then it's also, again, I think shows you how special this place is with the stability that's been in place here for a long time. Just the way that that things are run from an administration standpoint, not just athletics, but the whole university. It just it's, you know, some of the things that have happened over the past few days makes you even prouder to, to you know, to be a part of this university. How are you feeling defensively going into this? Because defense did some things good the other night, but that early with a backup quarterback, uh, they were able to do basically what they wanted. Yeah, uh, we, you know, again, it's kind of the same deal, whether, you know, we think we played great or we think we played terrible. You know, this, this week's a new one, and uh, we'll present different challenges. I think we've... Really played well on that side of the ball, though, the second half of the season. I think our guys have a lot of confidence on that side. And, uh, again, we're going to be challenged by, by another great skill group. Um, you know, Kenny, uh, Kenny played great last week against Baylor, um, you know, coming off. You know, I know he didn't play against Tech, but came, came back and played really well. So um, it'll be another great challenge, but we're, we are very confident on that side of the ball. Would you say, Lincoln, that six months into this thing, got, kind of going back to Eric's question about feeling secure and whatnot, is this about as comfortable as you felt on the job in your week-to-week preparation, anything? Oh, I mean, in some ways you get, I guess you get more comfortable as time goes on, but I don't know that you ever feel comfortable in this job. You know, it's, it's, it is what it is. And uh, you're always, you know, trying to push it to get better. And regardless of what just happened, whether, you know, you just won a game or whether, you know, you just got a recruit or lost a recruit, it's kind of always about the next thing and uh, the next step. So I'd say my, my focus is there. What about going into the next thing? Uh, you, you know, you're entering a bowl season for the first time. Um, how does that change uh, 
things for you, if anything, and what did you learn from Bob about how to approach uh, the second season, I guess. Yeah, no, it's been good. I've you know had a chance to be a part of a, a lot of bowl games, um, and then the the head coaches that I've worked for, you know, especially my early years, gave me a lot of a lot of room to to kind of help with those preparations, not just necessarily like practice schedules, but overall schedules and all that, which you know I think will be very beneficial going through this the first time. As regimented as you guys' schedule is, day to day to day, week to week. Is there still a, a temptation to daydream about Baker getting the Heisman Trophy because there's, it, it's, it's almost a foregone conclusion, and it's got to be hard not to think about for him or for you? Yeah, I, it, no, it's not really that hard. You know, I mean, our our, our team goals, believe me or not, it's it's uh, our team goals are you know just kind of right there in front of us right now. You know, and so we're, you know, we're in the moment right now. Uh, those. Uh, Again, I know those things are, are, are big deals. I, I get that, but you know, within our walls, they're they're, and I don't I don't want to say this the wrong way, but there's way more important things to us and way more important things to this team. And so that's, you know, the, those things tend to take care of themselves. I think Baker's handled it like that, and I think really our whole team has. You stroll through the locker room and like Orlando would be shouting, "Here comes Mr. Heisman to Baker." You hear yeah. stuff like that at all? Not really. I mean, not really. I mean, I, would it be something that our team would would take pride in? Of course. I mean, because it's the, those deals. It's a team award, and uh, you don't see many guys win that on bad football teams. So, so uh, it, would it mean a lot to our guys? Things like that. Are they nice? Absolutely. But no, it's not. I don't think it's a focus point with our guys or our team. It, it doesn't come up nearly as much as you might imagine. His pass efficiency rating has increased even from where it was last year and he was setting an NCAA record. What's allowed him to be even better and even more efficient this year? Just played better early in the season, you know, really. And, you know, he played better early. Uh, we played a little bit better around him early. You know, I thought we did a little bit better job preparing him early, especially for all these new guys, you know, like we've talked about. So, um, and, and then he's, you know, been able to continue it. You got the early signing date coming up. Do you like the early signing date? Uh, like it is now, you anticipate signing a bunch of players. Yeah, I think we'll sign. I think we'll sign quite a few. Uh, I don't know if I like it yet or not. Ask me in a few months. You know, it, it's uh, you know nobody really knows what's going to happen. I mean, honestly, there's a lot of guesses out there. But you know, are 20 percent of the players going to sign? Are 75 percent of the players going to sign? How do you handle the ones that don't sign? There's you know, even. You know, you're having to make decisions even now on if, if a guy maybe academically is close, you don't have nearly as much info as you normally would when you sign him in February. So do you sign him now or wait? I mean, there's there's going to be some trial and error with it. And uh, we're trying to think of everything we can and prepare as much as we can. But it's going to be – it'll be a little bit of a moving target for a couple of years. And I doubt we'll actually have a real sense of is it positive for the game or negative until we get through a couple of them. For a pretty important game around then, are you worried about it sort of being all? Now we have to worry about you know hurting signees and taking no. care of that. No, I mean you know because we would be recruiting. You know we would be out recruiting the next two weeks. You know regardless of what happens in this game. Recruiting. We, we do this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest of the country's out recruiting right now. Yeah. The ones that are not playing championships. That's it. Like, we'll, we'll we'll take this. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about uh, you talk about the defense, is it scheme? Is it physical nature? I, I, the reason I asked is I went back and looked. The last three games, Baker's gotten some pretty stiff hits. He got a concussion here, down there. He got bent like a pretzel right before halftime. And then here, just a couple weeks ago, he got a, what looked like 
could have been a bad injury. Luckily, it wasn't. But are they just a physical defense, or is it more scheme that makes them as good as they are? No, both. Both. They're they're good physically, um, and they're probably better physically uh, now than they have been in the last two years, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and then they do some things scheme-wise that are certainly troublesome. Uh, so, so yeah, no, it's gonna, it's a physical game against a good group. There's gonna be some hard hits. You know, there's gonna be, there's gonna be some plays like that. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that's part of it. Can you talk about ball security, especially these last three games? You guys haven't had a turnover. Yeah, we're doing better with it. You know, we're we're carrying the ball better. Uh, we've we've done pretty good on the interceptions most of the year, so that that hasn't been a huge issue. Uh, but. It'll be big, obviously, going into these. You know, you're going to be playing quality teams here from here on out that you just cannot afford to turn the ball over against. Follow up on the, the Baker's efficiency question. Are you familiar with the NCAA formula? What goes into their definition of efficiency? And I, vaguely, it's vaguely. I don't pay attention to it. Toward the deep ball, yeah. yards per completion, yeah. yards per attempt. Is that different than your definition of efficiency in quarterback play? No, I think there's – I do think there's something to, you know, if you're just sitting there completing three, four, five-yard passes all day, is that is – should you be rewarded as much, you know, for completing a 30-yard pass down the field? So, no, I, I – I, I mean, I, I think there's some accuracy to it. And I think if you go back and look at some of the guys that have had some of the great seasons, uh, you know, I think you, you see how well their teams and their offenses as a whole have performed. I, I think it. I think it falls in line. Is Jeff Bidette still a guy that can get downfield for you? Because most of the stuff you've done with him has been east and west. Oh yeah, sweeps. And yeah, he's just had a. He's he's been there a few times. He's been open quite a bit on it. We've had a few times where we just didn't find him or it didn't time out and. And uh, oh, no question. No, he's done some good things for us, and, and he'll uh, he'll certainly be a factor here in these last couple. What are you going to do at corner? Are you going to keep it the same with, with Motley and Norwood? Just going to let them battle. You know, those guys have played well. Um, but you know, I thought I thought our other our other two came in. Jordan and uh, Trey came in again and played well uh, the other night too. So. You know, with those guys healthy now, we've got four of them, and uh, so we're going to let them battle it out and play the best two. You made it through last week. A lot of things were said about, you know, the suspension of Baker and this and that. I'm just curious from your background or whatever, what is it that, that shapes you to, to want to be kind of a disciplinarian and run the program the way you're doing it? Uh, yeah, the way I was raised by my parents, you know, first and foremost. Uh, the high school coaches that I had, it was, you know, a very, you know, strict program. Um, and, and I think, too, just – it's it's just it's it's what's important to me. Um, it just you know I think there's you know they, they've got to learn here you know and you can't winning's important. I get that we all get that. It's very important here, but it's 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 definitely not everything. And uh, I would you know I'd rather do it the right way and lose. I'd rather do it the right way and win. How about that? And then then that would be next. There you go. You just had senior day, uh, but. Do you have discussions with guys like Orlando and Mark that are going to have to make decisions at the end of the year, or do you just try not to let that become any kind of distraction? No, we'll have discussions, absolutely. Um, uh, that'll be, you know, once, especially once we get through uh, this game here, that'll be, there'll be some guys that, that we'll sit down and talk. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we've got some guys that have put themselves in position to where that, that we need to have those discussions with. To what you had with Samaje and Joe last year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be a little in a little bit different role now, but uh, but yeah. No, we want to we want to educate our guys. We want you know we want the NFL to be a goal, but we also want it to be the right time for them. And so we'll we'll educate them and 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 be there to support them in any way that that they need from us.
early kickoff was Iowa State um, around 11. What, what do you do this time to maybe make sure you guys are playing better with the early kick? Play better in the second half. We got an early kick. We were up 17 nothing. I don't think the early kick had much to do with it. You know, we got we got to play a complete game. You know, we started off very well in that game. Uh, emotions, energy, all that'll be be high for this one. We just, regardless of the kicks at 10 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock in the morning, we we got to go play well. Speaking of that Iowa State game, how much have people tried to blueprint what they did, copy what they did to you guys defensively? Um, um, do you expect maybe TCU will try to? Evolve its game plan to do some of that as well. I, I, I don't know if they will or not. Uh, we've seen bits and pieces. I mean, we saw bits. We saw a decent amount of it this last week against, against West Virginia. So we've we, we've seen certainly bits and pieces of it, and you know, I think we've we, we've come a long way since then too. All right, great stuff there from Lincoln Riley. I loved the answer whenever asked about 11 a.m. kicks. How cool is that? 11 a.m. kicks. He said, "Hey, you know what?" It wasn't a problem with the early start. We were up 17. It was a problem with how we played in the second half. Good press conference. And now all eyes pointed towards Arlington. This Saturday, we'll be on the air with a 9.30 pregame, 11.30 a.m. kick. And, of course, we'll be back. A couple of different chances to catch us on the Sooner Sports Podcast on Friday. First, make sure you're subscribed at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Brought to you by our great sponsors, Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. And then you can join us on Friday night. We'll be live with kind of a live version of the podcast with regular guests Toby Rowland and Teddy Lehman from 6 to 7 p.m. That show will also be available on the Sooner Radio Network and on Facebook Live. And then again, it's OUTCU, Big 12 championship game. Can't wait to get to Arlington. Can't wait to see how the Sooners perform on a big stage and if they can punch their ticket to the four-team playoff. Thanks to Toby Rowland. Thanks to Coach Riley. Thanks to you for listening downloading, subscribing, and sharing. Until Friday, have a great week. And Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the Air. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.